Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we, we do ask again for your grace. We thank you that you are rich in grace and that you love your people. And so please, Heavenly Father, bestow great grace upon us, upon us all, right now. In Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name we pray, amen. Murmuring, complaining, grumbling. It's the sin we read about in Numbers chapter 11. And we also find it in Numbers chapter 14 and in Numbers chapter 20 and in Numbers chapter 21 and and in our lives. It's a sin of which we are all guilty. We can grumble about anything. And some of us have shown that to be true. In fact, some of us may be so guilty of grumbling that we are no longer aware that we do it. During a study leave I once had in Philadelphia, among other things, the subject of grumbling was taken up. It was studied. I would like to go over with you this morning what I learned then from a Dr. David Pallison about grumbling. Our message of today will have six points to it, and all the points will ask and answer a question about grumbling. Here is point number one. What is grumbling? Uh, let's start at the beginning. What is grumbling? Earlier, I used the words complaining and murmuring. They certainly do help us to understand grumbling. And so does the phrase, a negative rehearsal. Grumbling is negatively rehearsing something we do not like. The children of Israel were given challenges by the Lord after their exodus from Egypt. One of them was they only had manna to eat. We read in Numbers 11, verses 4 through 6, the Israelites started wailing and said, if only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But now we have lost our appetite. We never have anything but this manna. A negative rehearsal. Before I went on the study leave, I mentioned a couple of minutes ago my car broke down 
I had just spent several hours and several hundred dollars making sure my car was travel ready. But there I sat one evening in the parking lot of a hospital after I had made a hospital visit, unable to start my car. And I went on to go over with the Lord my displeasure. Grumbling is a negative rehearsal. By the way, in understanding grumbling, we want to see this. Grumbling is self-focused. It's a personal pity party. It's feeling sorry for ourselves. Numbers 11, verses 4 through 6. If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. But now we have lost our appetite. We never see anything but this manna. Grumbling comes from eyes turned inward. It is feeling sorry for ourselves. Point number two this morning is, what causes us to grumble? Why do we do it? We could say that we grumble when rights which we think we have are not met, or when our expectations are not fulfilled. After putting out several hundred dollars, I expected a car that would work. When it didn't, I complained to God. However, the best answer we could give as to why we grumble is there is something wrong with our hearts. We are not trusting in the Lord Jesus. Unpleasant occasions reveal the heart. Difficulties show us what is inside of us. Grumbling is simply the expression of a heart that is not resting in the Lord Jesus. In Numbers 13, we read about the 12 spies of Israel exploring the land of Canaan. And we read about them coming back to the children of Israel and negatively rehearsing to them the size of the cities, the fortification of the cities, the strength of the people. All of the spies did that except for two, Caleb and Joshua. Caleb and Joshua said to the Israelites, we should go up. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. 
How could they be that way? What made them so different? Why didn't they grumble? We live out of our heart. They were that way because their hearts rested in the Lord. We grumble because of lack of trust in God in our hearts. Listen to Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. You will keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. God's great tranquilizer, my father used to say in reference to this verse, because he trusts in you. Grumbling is simply the expression of a heart that is not trusting in the Lord. Point three, what are some consequences of grumbling? Point one, what is it? Point two, why do we do it? Point three, what are some consequences of doing it? One consequence is you are miserable. It would be good if someone could tape you when you're grumbling so that you could hear just how miserable you are. Let me put it this way. One consequence is lack of joy and peace and contentment. Let's go back to Numbers 11. Verse 1 says that the people of Israel complained about their hardships. And verse 4 tells us that the Israelites started wailing about the food. Imagine yourself in the presence of these Israelites. They are complaining. They are wailing. They are weeping. Question, would you see joy and peace and contentment in their lives? Is that what you would take in? No way. Those things would be very far from them. I remember playing golf with a friend one day in North Carolina. Nothing was right in his eyes. The weather wasn't right. His swing wasn't right. His score wasn't right. He didn't get out of the sand trap in a right way, and so he broke the rake that you use in the sand trap. Nothing was right in his eyes. He spent four hours complaining. He had no joy. Instead of joy, there was misery. I also remember going on to decide that I would not play golf with that friend again. Because of that day and others like it, I was finished playing golf with him. Which teaches us 
that another consequence of grumbling is alienation from other people. We grumble, we are miserable, we are miserable to be around, so others don't want to be around us. But there is a greater, a far greater consequence to grumbling than either of the two items just mentioned. It is the consequence of displeasing God. Displeasing God and experiencing his displeasure. At least three times in Numbers 11, we read of the Lord's anger in reference to Israel because of Israel's grumbling. Just look at verse 1 of Numbers 11. Now the people complained about their hardships in the hearing of the Lord, and when he heard them, his anger was aroused. Then fire from the Lord burned among them and consumed some of the outskirts of the camp. Grumbling displeases God because grumbling says that God is too weak or lacks the wisdom to do what is best for us. Or it says that God just doesn't care about his people. Grumbling is lack of truth about who God is. The greatest consequence of grumbling is the dishonoring of God by giving false testimony about God and going on to experience God's displeasure. By God's grace, let's try to remember the next time we find ourselves complaining, we are telling lies about God as we complain. We are not speaking the truth in reference to God through the words that are coming out of our mouths. When I hear what I have just said, it should make me want to go to God and ask Him for forgiveness. I have been guilty of grumbling. I have been guilty of saying God is too weak. God doesn't have the wisdom to do what is best for me. God doesn't always care for me. God is a small God in my life at times. When I hear that, it should make me want to go to the Lord God and ask him for forgiveness. And if that's the case with you as well, let's do that. Let's do that today at some point. Let's go before the Lord and ask him to forgive us of this great sin. Point number four, what is the solution to grumbling? How can we become people who do not complain? The solution isn't found in having our rights met. 
The solution isn't found in having our expectations fulfilled. If only my car would have started, I would not have complained. The solution isn't found in having things go our way. On the surface, that's the way it seems. But the problem of grumbling goes much deeper than that. And so the solution to grumbling is found in a person. It's found in the Lord Jesus. The answer to grumbling is knowing and loving the Lord Jesus and trusting in him. Listen, please. The answer to grumbling is A, realizing that the Lord Jesus hasn't forsaken us. He is present. B, seeing that our situation has come about by him to be a blessing to us. And C, turning to Christ in faith. Asking him for whatever help we need in our situation and trusting in him. Let me illustrate. Let's say I'm in my car. I am going to an important meeting. It's, uh, it's an interview for a job I really want. I've given myself plenty of room to get to my meeting on time. However, I come upon a traffic jam on the Pennsylvania Turnpike, and I hear on the radio that there's road construction, and the traffic is backed up for miles. I realize that I will not make that job interview. I feel anger coming over me. Words of complaint start filling my mind to go out of my mouth. I am ready to bang on the dashboard with my fist. What should I do? See the Lord. Realize that the Lord hasn't forsaken me. Know my situation has come about by him to be a blessing to me. Turn to Christ in faith. Ask him for help as far as that situation goes and trust in him. In Numbers 11, the children of Israel are complaining for meat. Let me ask, is the Lord God able to supply the Israelites with meat I mean, he's been giving them manna every day. Can he also give them meat? <laughs> Absolutely. And he shows that by giving them meat for a whole month. I mean, quail stacked up three feet high all around them for a day's journey from the camp. Our difficult times are not some kind of flop on God's part. They too are in his control. Realize that the Lord is present. 
No. Your situation has come about by him for your good. Turn to Christ in faith. Ask him for the help you need and trust in him. Here's how someone else has put it. Let me see that I am here by God's appointment in his keeping under his training and for his time. I'm in my car in a traffic jam on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Let me see that I am here by God's appointment, in his keeping, under his training, for his time. There's the solution to grumbling. It's wrapped up in the person of the Lord Jesus. Number five, what is the opposite of grumbling? Simply this, seeing the Lord Jesus and thanking him for the coming blessings. Seeing the Lord Jesus and worshiping him for his control and wisdom and love. Seeing the Lord Jesus and with him going about the challenge which is now before us. There's a great place in the Old Testament that gives us the opposite of grumbling. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. If you don't mind underlining verses in your Bible, these are two verses you ought to have underlined. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, the opposite of grumbling. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. On my study leave, I was taught when a problem arises in a home involving the children, we are to see it as an opportunity for ministry. Not as a pain, not as a burden, but as an opportunity for ministry. What I am saying now is when a difficulty arises in our lives, we are to see it as an opportunity for our growth, for our improvement, for our good. We are to see it as from the hand of our God who loves us and worship him for it. That is the opposite of grumbling. And that leads to our last point of this morning. What is one result of not grumbling? 
Look with me at Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. Philippians 2, verses 14 and 15. Do everything without complaining or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. One result of not grumbling is we will shine like stars in the midst of this world. We will stand out as different people, as changed people, because we do not complain. We will be lights set on a hill which cannot be hidden. And we will have opportunities to tell people about our Lord Jesus who has made us this way. In Pittsburgh, have you ever gone through the Fort Pitt Tunnel onto the Fort Pitt Bridge with downtown Pittsburgh suddenly before you? You're, you're perhaps coming from the airport, you're, you're on the parkway, you go through the tunnel, you're on the bridge, and whoomp, there is downtown Pittsburgh. You can't miss it. What a sight. It captures your eyes, especially at night. One result of not grumbling is we will be noticed by those around us. They will not miss it. We will capture their attention. And we will have opportunities to tell people of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us ask the Lord Jesus to help us to see him in our difficulties, to see that he is present, that he has willed our challenges to bless us, that he will help us. Let us ask the Lord Jesus for for faith in our hearts in him so that we will not grumble and so that we will shine like stars in the universe for his glory. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do ask you to work in these ways in our lives. We do want to live in such a way that you're honored. Please help us, Lord Jesus, in this area. Help us to be people who do not complain. Help us to be people who trust in you and honor you through that faith. We pray, Lord Jesus, because we're your children. Amen.